0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Innovative Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stickle, back again with my great co-host, Stephanie Hurd. Hello, hello. And we have a full house today. This is our first time having two guests, not just one. We we have maxed out the, the podcast recording equipment with all four mics. Joining us today is Tara Boxstans, Director of Graduate Engagement at Leadership Washington County, and Tara Sargent, Executive Director. At Leadership Washington County, the two terrors join us today. How are you guys doing? Doing
1: good, terrific,
0: awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. This is very cool. Um, I don't know what what order these episodes are coming out, but as long as as far as recording order goes, you are first guest outside of Innovative, so that's that's really cool awesome. to find. We're finally branching out here. We're getting out of our out of our comfort zone a little bit. Um, super exciting for you guys. So. For starters, either one of you can can jump at this one. If you just want to talk about leadership, Washington County, and kind of what you guys do there.
2: All right. I'll take that one, Ryan. (laughs) This is Tara S. So. Uh, leadership, Washington County. Um, I like to say that there's sort of two, two parts, um, overall. And the first part is, you know, we're an educational program. So we inform, um, our class members about the challenges and the opportunities that are facing Washington County, uh, through a range of program days, um, with the hope that people will either, uh, expand their community involvement or become involved in the community in some kind of volunteer capacity um it's a 10-month program we take people from all industries it is adults it isn't you know you've got to be above uh 18 and um we really do prefer you to have some you know work experience but we have folks in their early 20s all the way up to you know folks in their 60s
0: wow so pretty broad (laughs) pretty broad range there Mm -hmm. um and can you talk about your role a little bit what you do
2: sure Um, And that is a good question, because people often say, well, what, what, you know, how do you distinguish between the two roles? But um, I would say, and I just described this in an email, actually, um, as a quick overview, um, I would say that I'm sort of manage the core program and everything to do with that core program in terms of, um, you know, working on the current class or the incoming class, um, you know, manage our committees, our internal committees for leadership, Washington County. Um, We have, you know, five different committees Uh, that we have our board members be part of, obviously managing the board and the governance process of the organization, anything administrative, you know, from our PayPal account to our credit card account, you know, all that really, really exciting stuff that you do (laughs) once a month, Um, you know, and things that have to do with the class, like their surveys and, you know, working with the teams that plan their program days, which is another element of the program. Um, That's, I, I would say that's a good overview of my responsibilities.
0: Gotcha. And so we'll jump over to Tara B. What would you kind of use to describe your role?
1: Um, I'm more focused on the graduates. So once every once grads complete uh, the program then they have a chance to become what we call a graduate member um, and they have a, a due that dues that they pay each May and um, then I provide more opportunities for them to stay engaged in the community with events, um, happy hours, um, networking opportunities. We do a lot of uh, behind the scenes things with different organizations in the county. And then um, other like larger like um, seminars, lunches, that type of thing just to keep people informed, educated and engaged
3: uh, in Washington County. Just really quickly, I know we're talking a lot about Washington County today, um, but these types of leadership programs are common throughout Maryland and I believe throughout the country as well. Can one of you tell us a little bit about that and is there, I don't even know the answer to this question, which is why I'm asking it, (laughs) (laughs) Um, is there any type of like overarching governance amongst countywide leadership programs or do they just kind of pop up organically?
2: Um, So you're right. They do, they are across the country. Um, A lot of them are associated with their county, um, and some of them are standalone 501C3s like Leadership Washington County, and others are programs that are housed within the Chamber of Commerce of that region, that county, or, you know, area. Um, There is an association of leadership programs. I wouldn't say necessarily that they control governance, but they do offer a lot of programming to help community leadership programs. Um, they host a national conference once per year, and so that's a good way to, you know, find out what other programs are doing, you know, best practices kinds of things and that that sort of stuff. Um, but in terms of, you're kind of on your own. It's very independent unless you're with, your cha- with a chamber. I mean, we're very unique because we're between two counties that have their leadership programs housed in their chambers of commerce. Allegheny County and Frederick County have... Programs that are associated, so it's sometimes hard to find um, an apples-to-apples apples comparison for us because um, you got to go downstate and look at Montgomery or Anne Arundel or Howard County, which um, not exactly apples-to-apples. Apples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, when you were talking about the program, I heard you talk about community involvement, mm. and obviously, I mean this program itself <laughs> is is community involvement. You know, Washington County, right in the name. Can you talk about how community involvement can kind of directly correlate with someone being a good leader, becoming a good leader?
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we look for folks who either work or and or live in our community. Um, and, you know, my my personal feeling is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of keyboard warriors these days who like to complain and who like to make observations, but aren't necessarily <laughs> the ones out there trying to make a difference and trying to see where they can make an impact. So I think that by educating folks about the issues, introducing them to key leaders in the community and understanding where they can go to make change, whether that's at the local government level, the state government level, you know, volunteering for a nonprofit, hopefully they're equipped with knowledge, that whole idea of, you know, better, you do better. Um, And that's, that's where we're kind of guiding them to say, look at all this information, look at everything that's going on. Sure, we have challenges, but there is certainly a lot of opportunity. And I think we can all see that. With some of the things that are happening throughout the county. And then, you know, encourage them to say to be part of be part of the solution, you know, rather than right. simply complaining.
0: What inspired you or drew you to leadership Washington County? I know I know Tara S, you've been there have you been there 10, 12 years? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yes. And then Tara B, you've been there
1: just about a year and a half.
0: Year and a half. Yeah. So we're we're at two different two different uh areas <laughs> of the spectrum here. Um Tara, if you want to start sure. with what drew you.
2: Sure, I had been in higher education um, teaching since uh, about 2000, and um, I really enjoyed it. And I was really uh, privileged to teach adults for most of my teaching career. And I really liked the adult audience. I liked the, the adult student who was coming back to finish a bachelor's degree or to go on and get a, a master's degree to either you know further their career, or change careers, or what have you. And I knew I liked that audience. Um, higher ed, just like every organization has its politics. um, And I was ready for a change when this opportunity came about. I was on the board of directors for Leadership Washington County. um, And in January of 2010, uh, the the balance sheet looked real, real bad. Um, There was less than 10 grand in the bank and um, we needed to do something. So the full-time director at the time couldn't stay on part-time while things got back together. So myself and a couple of board members helped to get the organization back on firm footing. Um, I accepted an interim role that June of 2010. And it wasn't until January of 2012 that I was able to turn the job into a full-time position. So I kept teaching um, until, you know, that happened as well. So I was a board member. So obviously after I went through the program in 07, 08, I was on the program committee, then was asked to be on the board. And when the opportunity came about to be in this role, it seemed like a logical fit. I had always, I'd lived in Washington County since 2000, but it always worked outside of the county and was looking for a way to become involved. And people told me to do the program, strongly encouraged me to go through the program. I had no clue how it would sort of shift my career and my goals, and um, it really is the key to what really able you know opened a ton of doors for me to be able to get involved in this community as well.
0: Wow, cool. <clears throat> And <laughs> <laughs>
2: so my background is
1: also in teaching. Um, my degree is in elementary ed, but I have never taught. Um, I had a big career in retail for a while. Then I got married and had kids. And um, I took a part time job um, at a with a local hearing center here. And I had stayed there about uh, a little over 10 years. And then I went through the program. Class um, 33. Yes, class 37. <laughs> 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 Thank you,
0: Steph.
1: Um, I was encouraged to go through the program. I didn't know much about the program. Uh, My cousin uh, told me that this program was life-changing, and I was kind of dismissive about that. Like, (laughs) nah, you're 10 years younger than me. Maybe not so much life-changing. Maybe you don't have the experiences I've had, whatever. Um, Went through the program, met 33, 34 other um, like-minded individuals, and became found a whole new group of friends, um, work colleagues, uh, partners, um, and some of them I still consider to be my best friends. Um, and I will definitely say that the program was life-changing. But after the program was over, you know, everybody's like, man, I wish we could do it again. I wish we could go through this experience again and recreate it all. And then, um, you know, I was very eager to get involved with the graduate programming, which was just starting out uh, when, when I graduated in 2020 um, and was looking for a way to stay connected. And um, I also was uh, serving on the board of directors um, once I graduated and just felt um, so uh, strongly about the program and how it helps you to give back to the community, how it keeps you connected to other like-minded individuals, um, that when the position came available, um, I immediately um, asked Tara if I could apply for the job. And um, I guess the rest is history.
0: So I think what's so interesting about your roles is that you're you're leading leaders, right? I mean that's <laughs> everyone, you know, they everyone's kind of at varying levels of leadership in their company or the organization whatever it might be, but I think the fact that you lead leaders is very interesting and you might have already answered this question because I think the program was so um really inspiring for both of you but what made you want to lead leaders? Was it the program? Was that that real, this life-changing moment ended up being?
1: Yeah. um, For me, it was uh, wanting to be involved with people who want to give back, who want to make a difference, who can see the positive uh, in Washington County and can see the positive in others and the potential. Um, I just think that working with the the demographic is such a broad demographic, and you can see um, the connections that are made between nonprofits and for business, I mean, for profit businesses. Um, it's just very inspiring to see that the connections that can be made, and then um, how they evolve evolve over the over time.
0: Wow! And so, uh, was your experience kind of the same with the program? Where it was was this this aha moment of oh wow, like I'm completely viewing this in a different way and just want to I just want to continue with this as long as I can
2: yeah I I think that that really does sum it up I think um, Washington county can can be somewhat of a hard community to crack into you know there's a lot of history here a lot of people who've lived here forever and ever generations after generations um, and and I know I've particularly felt like how do you how do you how do you get plugged in you know where do you how do you choose where to volunteer for you know and that's something that we you know uh, educate folks about is, you know, good board governance. How do you join a board? How do you, you know, know to say yes when somebody asks you to join a committee or a board or a project? So yeah, it really was, it it really did just almost was like an immediate connection. And like, like Tara B said, I mean, you meet you meet people who now you will always know them because you were in this same experience for 10 months together. And even if you're not fast friends or you didn't necessarily click, you still have that in common. Um. So it's a real strong relationship builder, and you know, it, it, the networking piece of it is is very strong, and we do encourage people to use that, whether it's you know personally, professionally, or for the good of the community. And we see so many examples of that.
3: I know um, the the people that go through the program come from such a variety of organizations and backgrounds, and I mean, I'm certainly happy to share innovative. We've had several of our leaders go through the program as well, and, and are big, obviously big fans. I think even on a previous episode that I'm I'm fairly certain is going to air before this one, our uh, founder and CEO Jason said that in his leadership journey, Leadership Washington County was so pivotal in him really kind of becoming a leader in the community and in the in his business as well. Can you tell us a little bit like the types of people that go through the organization? I mean, I or through the program. I know there are businesses, nonprofits. I mean. If, if you paint us a picture of what does the program look like and the types of organizations involved and you know why people might choose to get involved in something like this
2: I'd say like you said there's a there's the private industry so we have large companies everything from you know Volvo to ViServe and Meritus then um, you've got your smaller companies where maybe it's just a single owner very very small companies um, we have nonprofits the nonprofits are usually very well represented you know they find it really important for their employees to understand what's going on in the community to, to better serve the nonprofit that they're going back to. Um, we usually have folks from local government, whether that's law enforcement or, you know, mis- municipalities or the county government. So it's a, it's a good cross section. And we do pay attention to the, the makeup of the class so that we don't have, you know, half the class as bankers and, you know, or, you know, there's 40 nonprofits in the class. So we do look at that that mix of it. But again, people can be at different stages in their career. And Ryan mentioned, you know, sort of leading leaders. Um, and we kind of say some people come in already pretty engaged in the community or, or feeling like they, they know a lot about the community. Um, and then some folks are just trying to get started. So it's always like to say it's potential and current leaders. You know, you don't necessarily have to have a ton of volunteer experience already under your belt or, um, you know, people, I think it's sometimes the folks who've lived here their whole lives who say, I had no idea and then fill in the blank about, you know, what they realized about the county.
0: I was going to kind of ask about that. And maybe I guess you could almost call it like the grading curve of, you know, some people do come in as these established business owners. If you had to maybe try to put a number on it, percentage of people come in who really are just kind of looking to find something or find themselves, or they feel like this can be useful for them as a person and maybe try to help advance their career because they're kind of, they're kind of scuffling.
2: Yeah, I I would say that's probably most people and, and it's different reasons whether it's, you know, it's sometimes it's just get involved, sometimes it's to expand their network so they can figure out where they do want to get involved. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people in the community are very anticipatory about the, the new class list because they want to start, you know, calling them, emailing them and trying to get them engaged. But we'll tell people at the beginning, try to hold off through, your, your, through the program until you commit so that you do understand what questions to ask before you serve on a board or run for office or, <laughs> you know, just take on some big project.
1: And I think the cool thing about this is it's an educational program so that you're educating the class about all different sectors of the of the county. And, you know, you're learning about human service nonprofits. You're learning about local government. You're learning about education opportunities and workforce development. And um, the cross-section of those, you can see how they, like, overlap. And then um, you can current class can help find they can find their passion of what you know what draws them they may not have even known that it existed you know everybody knows that there's you know kids and there's um puppies and you know those are a lot of places where you need to give back but there are also tons of other places that you can volunteer and serve so i think it just
3: is a real eye opener for people that um, have been here or are new to the area yeah one of the things that i really love about the program it is so educational but with the real world experience. I know um, I graduated from Leadership Washington County in 2020. And prior to that, I had been a part of Leadership Frederick County when I was working in Frederick County and graduated that program in 2016. Um, Both phenomenal programs and would highly recommend. But um, one of the things that I when I first completed my application for leadership Frederick County, I was like, oh, this is a leadership training program. I'm going to learn how to be a leader. And I knew that we went out in the community and we had these days where we would see things and meet other leaders. Um, But I realized it wasn't, you know, nobody was going to teach me out of a textbook how to be a leader. They were going to expose me to other leaders in the community and learn in the real world the issues that community leaders are facing and that kind of everybody is just a person, whether you're an elected official or sitting on a nonprofit board or leading a business and we're just all trying to figure things out and you don't know what's gonna get thrown at you that day. And you get to learn about the issues that real leaders in your community are facing, how they're dealing with them and kind of talk about the issues of the day, which I think is really powerful. And then um, when I came back and was working in Washington County and Innovative gave me the opportunity to go through this program, I mean, if you're gonna do business or work in a county to have that experience and know who's working on what is is just invaluable, I think, for any organization.
1: Absolutely, I completely agree.
2: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point because there are programs across the country that are skills-based. You know, they're teaching leadership skills, but I would say most programs are like ours. It's community leadership program, learning about you know the county that you live in, the region that you live in. Um, but that is true, it's sometimes a misconception that we're gonna take folks and turn the introverts into extroverts and teach everybody <laughs> how to be the best possible leader. And, and there's some of that, sure, in the opening retreat, and there's some of that by working on a team, but that isn't, you know, that isn't our, our mission.
0: Yeah, I wanted to ask about that a little bit. Is, is there kind of like, a, is there a certain type of person who comes into this and maybe has more of those trials and challenges at the beginning than, than others?
2: I mean, I think the number one piece of advice that we give folks at the opening retreat is to be open-minded. I mean, that is one of the first things is to don't assume you know everything. Um, be willing to listen, not only to the folks that we bring in to speak, but to your peers, your classmates, because who knows what you'll gain. I think it's rare as adults to you know, be outside of your own company, your own industry, and working with others from all kinds of industries and seeing those different perspectives. You know, people in the for-profit world don't necessarily spend a lot of time with nonprofit folks unless they purposely put themselves there. Um, so yeah, I think that that cross-pollination is is really eye-opening to folks. And you see a lot of ways that people learn to collaborate um, as a result of making those connections.
0: So you kind of, you, you get in what you're or you get oh, out what you put into it, a
2: hundred percent. And you know, we 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 tell them, we've been through our our class years. Right. We have our classmates. We're, you know, proud of that. We had our experience. This isn't our experience. You right. know, make the most of it be present, you know, stay off your phone. Yeah, I think that's that's really a
1: key issue is just being present. Um, you'll, you know, some people were also trying to do their 9 to 5 work job, you know, they're on their phone or whatnot, and we really try to discourage that and to be present and to listen to what, you know, like Tara said, to what the speakers are saying and to, what your classmates are saying and the feedback that they're given. I mean, you only get one, one opportunity and you do get into it, what you put out. And I'll never forget when we were at our opening retreat, Steph actually made that comment to a group of us at one point in time that like somebody had told her, like you get one chance and you have to like put everything into it. And like, you take advantage of every opportunity that you get because you only get to do it once. And that's really, that stuck with me for, you know, all of these years. And it's, it's definitely true that you don't get to go back and you don't get to do it again. So be present and put, put your all into it.
0: Yeah. I like the idea that it's pretty hands on. It's not so, you know, like Steph said, textbook, it's not cookie cutter. Cause I think there are a lot of programs and maybe not necessarily like yours, but there are programs that exist where, you're almost just sitting in like a conference hall and someone talks to you for three hours and it's like a, a knockoff Ted talk and Mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. uh, you kind of move on with your life and you're like, well, I guess they said some cool stuff, but (laughs) I didn't really learn anything. Uh, Do you want to talk about just a little bit about that value of the hands-on experience, maybe some, some, Detailed examples, maybe?
2: Sure, sure. I, you know, we really do. The feedback is nobody wants to sit and listen to a panel discussion for three hours, as you said. <laughs> you know, nope. You know, we're we're all so used to having multiple screens at our disposal all the time and multitasking, and you know, I I we find our class members enjoy when we go visit some place and tour. You know, we take folks. I mean, you name it. We've been to the battlefield. Antietam Battlefield is a great one, for example, of like walking around and learning about history. Um, we do tours of manufacturing facilities so people can see what modern manufacturing looks like. You know, and a lot of these facilities locally, you could eat off of the, you know, the shop floor because of the, <laughs> you know, the new lean manufacturing standards and all of that. You know, there, there's a we have a whole day focused on arts and culture. You know, we're very very fortunate in our area to have such a rich. Um, cultural history, but also we have such a strong arts community, you know, one of the two fine arts museums in the state um, that's completely free to enter. And some people who've lived there their whole lives have never been inside the fine arts museum, you know, for example. So um, those are, you know, we and we we'll, we'll, we try to get, the, you know, the heads of organizations. You know, we we want to hear from, you know, Dr. Joshi at Meridus and find out what's going on with the medical school. You know, we want to talk to the owners of the baseball team and find out what their plans are for the stadium. And we give folks that access, not only in the core program, but also through our graduate events too. As things happen in the community, making sure we're staying on top of what's going on, and our graduates also having the opportunity to stay connected.
0: So having done this for a while, how would you describe your leadership style? <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to sum it up, and I'm not going to tell you three words strictly, but in a, in a sentence or two, because <laughs> everyone kind of, everyone does things differently. And I feel like the way this program is, you're not, you're not making robots here. Like mm-hmm. everyone's going to, you know, everyone's going to do their own thing. It's what you get out of it. How would you kind of describe how you go about being a leader?
2: Because I have worked with adults for so long, and and in fact, my, you know, my doctoral degree is in adult education, so that sort of idea of, you know, adult pedagogy being different from how you teach kids, I think it's really important to make sure that adults have a stake in their learning, that they're an active part of it, that they get to make choices. You know, for example, the program days that the class members plan, they get to choose which day they want to be a part of. They're going to be more invested if they've had a choice in it you know and if they get to make decisions about where they go and who they hear from allowing them to use their contacts as well but you know i'm a very type a structured person so i think that also (laughs) overflows into how i lead the program which is you know we should start on time and we should end on time and you need to have agendas and you need to have learning objectives and you know it's not just willy-nilly like we're going to go here and go here there's a flow to the day there's a you know there's a a purpose for meeting certain learning objectives and you're taking away tangible, measurable goals.
0: Gotcha. I couldn't agree more about having Times on things and schedules. It's and just
2: a respectful thing. I think. Yes. If we say we're going to start at this time, we're going to end at this time. We should do so. Yes. People's time is valuable. Totally
0: agree.
3: It's such a good example of like, that like that's leadership in real life, right? Like you have you have these things that you're trying to accomplish, and you have to create the plan and you have to execute the plan. But then stuff gets thrown at you that you have to take as it comes. And um, you know, we've talked a lot with our innovative leaders about innovative going through the EOS process and. Uh, a core part of our meetings, our L10 meetings, is prioritizing three issues at a time. What are the most important issues we need to talk about in this meeting? And we talk about those first. And some days it's you know, how are we going to achieve this really big goal that's on our list of things we have to do? And some days it's, how are we going to deal with the basement flooding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, that's that's leadership and, and figuring out you still have to achieve your goals, but you also sometimes have to deal with the basement flooding. <laughs>
1: and that is absolutely
3: true. <laughs> Great example.
0: Yeah, I think kind of building off that point, and we've talked about this in in previous uh, episodes with EOS, Um there's just a lot of common sense involved that I appreciate because I think sometimes we get bogged down in processes that over time need to evolve as, you know, humans and the workplace evolves. Right. And for how it's built currently and, and kind of how we implement it, I just feel like, okay, yeah, this meeting has these sections that all make sense. There, there's no section of the meeting where it's like, okay, time to do this. Like, there's a nice, fun intro, and then we solve problems. It's very laid out in a, in a proper way. Do you feel like in your experiences, and I don't need you to call it any names here. We don't need to throw. We don't need, We do not need to throw people under the bus. Do you feel like you see situations of, and and this could literally be anybody because I again I don't want to, want to throw shade here, but um, of people who are kind of stuck in their ways and and aren't willing to kind of accept the future and and. And honestly common sense and this could be anything how their meetings are run how they're kind of treating maybe their their workforce uh how they're dealing with kind of the hybrid workplace and as it revolves around them and you can speak as broadly as you want about this <laughs> um just kind of that maybe some willingness to evolve.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think definitely, especially in this County that we see a lot of, um, closed mindedness. And I think that, um, we have to look at the bigger picture and we have to be forward thinking. And, um, I mean, I can think of a lot of examples and I don't want (laughs) to call anybody out. Um, but I think that our, um, program does a good job of highlighting the forward thinking and the positive and the, um, the future of what what should be and what could be um, for Washington County, and I think that um, most people that go through it, I would say, come out with that perspective. You know, there are a few people that'll go through the program and think like, "Oh, done with that. wasn't for me. Probably shouldn't have gone through it." But I would say that those people are in the very slim minority. It's good
0: yeah. if if somebody were to come to you and they are trying to kind of embrace the future and just do things they feel make sense and are good for their team and their team, for whatever reason, is not buying into it. What advice would you give them to try to get their team on board with what they're doing when they feel like it's for the team?
2: I think sometimes you have to find you know, a way that it impacts that. If there's an individual, for example, that's sort of a, the holdout, anytime you can personalize it or find a way that it somehow connects to them and, and you won't always necessarily you know there's always going to be the naysayer or the person who's going to constantly you know just you know fight back on anything or is just not open to any kind of change and i think sometimes you have to just work around that individual you know that if if the consensus of the team and sometimes you do have to come down to what's the consensus because we do need to move forward most people don't have um, all the time in the world to make decisions or change processes so Um, If you can't find a way to get that person on board by personalizing it or giving them a role that makes them active in the change process, you know, I think you sometimes have to go around that roadblock necessarily because you can sell it and sell it or explain it different ways. It's not always going to work.
1: Yeah, I was going to say active participation is uh, can be a key, but I would also think that If you're getting a lot of pushback from your entire team and you are dead set on that this is the way that it should be done, maybe you need to do some self-reflection. Maybe it is um, the way that it's being implemented or maybe the idea is not coming off the way you want it to be. But, you know, just to take a look inside and say, you know, why am I making this decision? How is this influencing me versus how is this affecting you know, the rest of my team, because how it's affecting you could, you know, be a positive thing. But then, you know, your your team could be looking at the negative attributes of it. And if you could just reassess and kind of like look at it from a different point, then it could be um, better implemented.
0: I like the way that you both, you kind of came at that from different angles, where maybe it is, it could just be one employee. And, you know, they might just kind of be holding things back. And here at Innovative, we, we talk all the time about right person, right seat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you have the right people, then you can, you can work your way around those things because that person, maybe they fit in a different role or, you know, maybe they just need some reteaching, whatever it might be. If you have the right person, you can work with that. But then I like that Tara B. came at it from maybe the leader. If they're seeing pushback from everybody... Maybe there's some self-reflection that needs to happen there because you know <laughs> take a vote and if you know you're the, you're the the odd one out maybe yeah there's... if you're the
1: odd man out then maybe there is something yeah. that's not <laughs> n- not not working for you yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, especially if you've gone through the exercise of making sure that all those people that are pushing back against you are the right people in the right seat. <laughs> yes. exactly then you have to have some trust in, right. and, you know. Either you have not done a good job of getting the right people in the right seats or if they are the right people in the right seats and they have something to say, you should
0: probably listen. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like I say this every episode of this podcast <laughs> where I say in my short time here and I've been here since September, which is relatively short, but over time I, I feel more like a veteran because there's plenty of new faces around here. But the having that right person is like, it's mind blowing to look around and people, are happy to be here and people get excited to work. Uh, Cause <laughs> I mean, that's just not the reality for, I mean, you could probably say a majority of people right. and it's, that's really unfortunate because um, people will find, find jobs that they thought they wanted mm-hmm. and they get there and it's it's not quite what they thought. I know both of you have teaching backgrounds and that is certainly a profession where someone might have grown up their whole life wanting to be a teacher and then they go out and do it and it's, you know, like, whoa, there's a not. lot, there's a whole lot going on there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, uh-huh. um, it's not
1: just teaching anymore. <laughs> it's not
0: just teaching. And as you mentioned, the difference between teaching adults and, mm. and kids can be different. Those oh, are gosh. different types of teaching leadership styles. Yes. Also because people, different people are accepted to certain things. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit about not just teaching, but anybody who gets into a profession and just feels like, whoa, this is not a fit and maybe how your program could play a role in kind of mm.
2: <laughs> finding
0: them that lane to, to kind of maybe get out of it.
2: Yeah, that's really funny that you say that because um, even during the program years, but especially right after folks finish the program, we do see job changes. Um, and, uh, and you know, whether they're quote unquote, using the program to advance their career, change their career, I don't worry about that if that's if that's a happy outcome if they weren't happy and they were looking for something else then you know so much to the better if they're they're happier where they go but um, yeah I think I think that anytime you go through something educational or something where you're in a group environment like that it's bound to have some kind of transformative effect if mm-hmm. you have opened yourself up to that. If you have decided that I'm going to take in the information and consider it rather than have my preconceived ideas, if you're willing to you know, show up for every experience, um, even the extra stuff, I think that can really change your perspective. And when your perspectives change, you might start to look at your job and go, huh, I'm not enjoying this nearly as much as I enjoy learning about XYZ or whatever it is. But yeah, I do think, I, I feel strongly that whether it's a formal degree or a formal certification program or something like Leadership Washington County, that sort of non-formal education that you get in this group of people, different thoughts, different ideas, different experiences, and it will shift. You'll have that mental shift. And that's why some people do say it's transformative because it has changed their career path or their personal path. You know, it, it can spark a transition. And that's not to say that happens for everybody, but I do think that open-mindedness piece comes back to that.
0: Staying in that same vein a little bit, even if you find something you really like, some find something you love, like you know you wanna do it the rest of your life, like you just feel that. Not every day is a walk in the park, obviously. Right. What do both of you do to stay motivated and to maybe relieve stress? <laughs> <laughs> and this can be, this can be some in, real internal stuff or this could be like well, doing yoga, no. like this could be anything.
1: Speaking of yoga, I have started doing yoga. Well, I actually started like 2020 pandemic when everybody started doing yoga. (laughs) Um, but I do find that taking like 15 minutes in the morning to just kind of like set your mind and set your intentions of like what you want to focus on that day and what you want to accomplish, especially because we work from home. We don't, you know, necessarily go into an office and say, this is our agenda for the day. These are our, um, mission. These are the things we need to accomplish. Um, you know, we're very, um, self-motivated. So, you know, I just take a, like to look at my, my to-do list and say, okay, I'm going to tackle these three things today and then kind of just have a game plan and then take a moment to like, be mindful of what I'm going to do. Um, otherwise, um, let's see, drink.
0: <laughs> no. Water. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just, just Stay hydrated. No, I'm very just important. Um,
1: <laughs>
3: is, um,
1: what was the other part of the question? State How do you re-
0: just staying motivated or leaving? Oh, I think it, they, the they motivational
1: hand-hand. part for me is just knowing that at the end of an event, I'm going to see like The outcome of like a behind the scenes tour or seeing the connections that are made from like, you know, we did an Amazon uh, tour back in early February and it was the first time like a big group has gone through an Amazon warehouse and we had 30, um, 30 graduates that went through and seeing the connections that were being made as we toured that The facility between graduates that are you know serving on boards you know United Way um, connected with them and say you know we're we're doing this drive you know we do day of caring how can you help us participate that's really a motivational uh, piece of it for me it's just seeing that connection made and then like how that's gonna benefit Washington County as a whole
0: I like what you said about having a to-do list because that sounds real simple to a lot of people I'm sure but having a to-do list and taking those top three priorities like your day will breeze by once you know exactly just line up what you're going right, to do. Right.
1: Just say like, the, okay, this is the upcoming thing I have to do and I need to get this, 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 and this done. And then like whatever else comes my way, like emails or, you know, inquiries or whatever, like I'll deal with that. But like, I need to get these three things done and this is how I plan to tackle that. Yes.
0: So part of uh part of EOS, I mean, say one-to-one comparison <laughs> uh, each quarter we set ourselves and it's generally, I mean, Right now, we're, what, two, three, four, I guess it depends on who you are, for our rocks. Yeah. And rocks are the, the big idea, big goals you have for the quarter. And those are top priority each day you go into, what do I need to do to kind mm-hmm. of achieve these rocks? And the rest can kind of filter through, and I'll find time for that because the analogy, and, and our listeners have heard this, but it's it's so good, you guys need to hear it too, <laughs> is that if you fill a jar full of sand, then try to put the rocks in, the sand is gonna fill the jar, the rocks aren't gonna fit. fit. You put the rocks first, you pour the sand in, the sand fills in around mm-hmm. those rocks, and suddenly you have your big goals achieved, and then you have plenty of smaller goals also achieved in there. So that's the idea, that's the analogy for that. And I like it. that that goes, I mean, that, and that's mm-hmm. quarterly stuff, but I mean, that goes right into your day-to-day, you have your to-do list, and I mean, in terms of staying motivated, If you just give yourselves these, like, I need to have this checked off by five o'clock today, right? then suddenly your day's full and it breezes by and you had good work to do. So I think that just is everything for staying motivated, just goal setting. Cause that's, that's huge for just humans. Yeah. I mean, I'm
1: definitely a list person. Like I love to like check things off the list. So like, if I know like I need to get these three things done and you know, some things may be as simple as, like, I need to send one email to accomplish this. It may take, you know, three minutes to send that email, but you know what? I oh, checked it, it off the feels list. feels amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, okay,
0: that's done. Yeah. Um,
3: even, sure. even things like, I mean, this podcast is an example of our rocks working for us. I, I was telling these guys this morning, I have been wanting to do a podcast for, like, five years since <laughs> I have worked at Innovative. And it's just always been that thing on the back of my list of, like, someday, if I get a chance, I'd love to do that. And uh, we hired Ryan, he happened to have some podcasting experience. But even that wasn't enough to make this podcast happen. It wasn't until we started assigning rocks. And literally one quarter, our rock was find out what you need and get all of the stuff and figure out how to record a podcast. And (laughs) and we did that q1. And q2, which we're in now is start Start recording. recording. (laughs) And here we are. And like, that's what it took to make this happen because you know analogy. this is something no you know nobody's telling me hey Steph you have to mm-hmm. you and Ryan have to do this podcast by this date it, right. but it was just something that we knew uh we wanted to do that we would get to talk about stuff that that we like to talk about and that we feel like our the businesses that we do business with would find interesting and it would help make everybody better but you know without that
2: without that priority it was mm-hmm. probably never going to happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- yeah.
2: Super important to set an intention even mm-hmm. before it becomes an in- a goal. Mm-hmm. You know, just you kind of send it out there in the universe, then it's more likely to, to happen if you keep your eye on it. And then you can sort of transition it into something that's actionable.
0: Right. Do you have any of those kind of just motivational Tendencies or strategies or just oh yeah I mean I live relief. and die
2: by the reminders I just put everything on my calendar <laughs> the littlest little things to remember but yeah that I just like therapy the to do list is huge you know I'll pop things on it all the time Um and it could be priority it could could not but you know in our our calendar you know our year is very much like a school year is September to June and you know there's really intense busy times and then there's these times where it's like what should i be doing and we're sort of always looking ahead you know like a school year like the school system is always planning a year out and that's very very similar to us um you know so yeah you have to have your strategies and you know i'm pretty self-motivated too so like to be organized and feel out of control when you're not organized but it's also important to, to you know uh, schedule time to decompress too. I think that's super important because next thing you know, you're completely burnt out and you're not sleeping or your stomach hurts. And you're like, why? <laughs> 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 oh, I wonder, I wonder why I, did,
0: I didn't get anything done. You're What's right, happening? Right, yeah. Right, I'm spiraling. Yes. Organization. And it's just, it's again, it's, it's just such simple stuff that when you really break it down and, and execute it, it's like your day is and your life is so much easier. Yeah. And you know, like I said, like not every day is going to be easy, but it, At least if you know what you're doing, Mm -hmm. you have goals to work toward. And Mm -hmm. as human beings, that's super important to kind of give ourselves a standard to live up to because checking off a list is fun.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not everybody feels that way. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right, right. (laughs)
1: I think it's always helpful too, just to look at like the week ahead. Like I try to like Friday afternoon, I try to like look at my next week, like, okay, I have I know I have nothing on Monday, Tuesday, I have this meeting, I have this meeting Wednesday, nothing Thursday, whatever. And um, and not by nothing, I just mean like we work from home. So like, I don't have to leave the house, I have that day to like focus on emails or planning or that type of thing. Um, and I think it spirals into like my my personal life as well. Like I do the same thing for my kids. Like Monday, I'm like, okay, this is what we have going on this week. Monday, we have soccer. Tuesday, we have this. There's And then just kind of like give them a plan so they know what to expect. And so like, it kind of just makes it flow much easier when you know what's coming next.
0: Yeah, for sure. And kind of mentally preparing yourself if it is one of those weeks, you know, it's like, I'm going to really need to lock in here. Right.
1: Like this is a huge, like two weeks ago, we had Washington County gives and it was a huge it was Tuesday was a huge day for me and I like took like a week to prepare myself mentally probably a month but like <laughs> mentally like this is my goal this is how I'm gonna get it this is what my strategy is gonna be if it doesn't go my way and so like just mentally being prepared for for what's coming which
3: you, you knocked out of the park by <laughs> the right? way. Right? congratulations on an amazing Washington County gift thank you I appreciate that yeah so, all the credit goes to therapy that's for sure <laughs> So if somebody does want to participate in Leadership Washington County,
0: (laughs) how could we forget?
3: How would they go about that? I know um, the selection for this year's class um, is is just finishing. So when should people look for, for that to come out?
2: Great question, Steph. Thank you for that. (laughs) Um, We did just wrap up um, uh, recruitment for the next class, Um, but in general, February 1st or around February 1st of every year is when the next application goes live, Um, but we're constantly keeping a list of people who are interested so that we can let you know exactly when the application is live or send you that link on February 1st. Um, so if you go to the Leadership Washington County website, which is leadershipwashingtoncounty.org, it's all spelled out, um, and you can go to the apply page. And right now there's a header that says, if you're interested in having your name added to the list, email, info at. It's all there. And actually, I've had a couple already who are interested in being notified about the class of 2025. Oh, that's which is, amazing. Wow. You know, not in, that's not next year's. So that's the one after that. Wow. So, um yeah, we're in a, we're finishing up our thirty sixth year now. In thirty seventh class of the thirty seventh class has been chosen, and um, we'll be recruiting for the class the thirty eighth class. Um, so all of our application process is online. Um, people often ask, well, how do I find out more about the program? Our website's a good source for reading some quotes from graduates and sort of learning the format of the program and the expectations in terms of attendance and all of that. Um, But talking to graduates is really the number one best way to go to to figure out if you want to do it, if you have the time. Um, Because beyond just, you know, signing up and, and hopefully having some fun, there is a significant time commitment involved. And, you know, I tell people if this isn't your year, and just hit pause and come back the next year we've been around this long we'll continue to be around so don't fret it if you know you've got a, a senior in high school that year or you know your kids are starting school or you know whatever it is that's sort of getting in the way that you know to work that out but yeah thank you steph that's <laughs> important to know and i love that you say if this isn't your
3: year do it when it's your year and i think tara b and i and i've talked to other graduates that have felt this way like Just trust that you will land in the class that you're supposed to land in. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you you guys have seen this more years than I have, but it seems like every class has a slightly different personality. um, And it, it just seems like the right
2: people come together for the right reasons. I have a funny story about that real quick. I had applied to be part of the class of 2003, 2004. But it was the summertime, It was getting closer to the program starting, and that would have been my second year in my doctoral program. And I was commuting up to Penn State Harrisburg, and I just all of a sudden had a meltdown and said, I can't do both. And I was teaching full-time at Mount St. Mary's University. Oh,
0: my goodness. So
2: I'm like, I I shouldn't do it this year. This is terrible. This is a bad idea. So I called the director up at the time and bailed on it. And I'd had some, you know, great people suggest and I felt bad, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And so then I reapplied to be part of the class of 2008. And I met my now husband in that class. Whoa. Love it. I know. That is not the outcome we can promise for everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: However, I was, so, I was um, about to say, that's, that's <laughs> quite the endorsement.
2: We have had people meet in, in the class years ago. A little known fact that Cynthia and Peter Perini met in their leadership Class and have been married ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's my so I that right year question. I am a firm believer in that. Yep. You, you never know how and when the program will change your life.
0: Wow. Yeah. So we can't promise you love, but <laughs> you know, you never you know. got a chance. So I mean, some, I, of, <laughs> some of these
2: platonic of people are very, very lovey. <laughs> they really do care about each other. I tell you, some of the bonds are pretty extraordinary.
0: That's awesome. Well, we're going to leave it on that note because that's wonderful. So <laughs> thank you, everybody, for for listening. Thank you again to Tara Boxstands, Tara Sargent, Stephanie Hurd. I'm Ryan Stickle. We'll talk to you again next time on the Innovative Leadership Podcast.